And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you for being here. We do appreciate it, as always. Download our Red Eye Radio app and uh, you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations that carries our show. Uh, good morning. Uh, so your weekend good? We've been so busy talking about stuff. Didn't even get to say yeah hi to each, everybody. Hey, yeah, what's going lots on? of uh, lots of personal yeah. things going on, but uh, otherwise it was a good weekend. Mine was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of stomach bug. Not good. Alan got it too. I thought it might have been food poisoning, but when mm. I came in. Alan had it. And you said you also had a little bit of a bug. So yeah, I was somehow, running a fever on Saturday. I think somehow all of us caught some this stomach flu. Which was not fun at all. That's all I'm going yeah. to say. Right. Yeah. We don't get. We don't need to get into the details. Aside from uh, the the fever and really no appetite. I mean, I didn't. There was nothing else. Uh, oh, you know that uh, there was else for yeah. me. You had and, nothing and else. Uh, yeah. I yes, uh, and Alan had else too. Yeah. He we we both had else. Mm-hmm. Lots of else. <laughs> oh, yeah. lots of else. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I I tell you one thing. My, um, it, it's funny, but my rib cage actually hurts from throwing up so much. Mm. Oh. It really hurts. It just, and it was really. I mean, it was quick. I mean, it was probably it was five or six hours really being bad, and then everything really sort of went away. I still don't have an appetite. It really got me Saturday afternoon through, uh, you know, early Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, you share but, that with most of the audience now. So yeah. What? <laughs> no appetite. Well, <laughs> I still don't have an appetite now. I've just had a, Look, we're had a little good, bit of yogurt. We're good for your diet. <laughs> Get over it. Oh, man. Well, hopefully uh, you'll uh, continue to feel better. Yeah. Alan, too, because uh, Alan had a... Okay, hip- fine. Alan, too. Jeez, man. We're men. We whine when we get sick. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... That's actually, I believe, you know, a, a part of, you know, the the creation. It's like, 
okay, these guys would never be able to handle childbirth. Oh, God, no. Yeah, so. Oh, never. We'll just give them other things. Yeah. They'll still complain. Yeah, we men are superior. We just couldn't handle childbirth. <laughs> oh, we, we can't handle a lot of things. We complain about everything. It's like, oh, my gosh. No. I... Yeah, childbirth? Oh, no. 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 Being a woman's too tough. You know, uh, that's the thing is that <laughs> I forgot what I said to my wife over the weekend. Uh, something like, sorry for being so needy or something. She goes, ah, that's okay. <laughs> not, oh, no, you're not needy. It's, it's like, yeah, I'm used to it. 33 plus years later, that, ah, I get it. Um, I well, good. I know what I signed up for, I guess. Well, we have a great week ahead. I mean, the president's going to have his state, state of the Union address. Oh, man. Uh, I oh. mean, we have a great week covering all of this. I'm not saying it's going to be a great right. week. Yeah. Uh, to, we'll talk about the politics in just a moment uh, on, on the State of the Union. Hmm. But the politics on this whole uh, Russian balloon drone, because that's what it actually is, because it mm-hmm. was maneuverable. Uh, you're going to have the back and forth on social media. Well, Trump, well, then why didn't Trump? But nobody really cares. What people actually care about, if you'd look at, I'm not talking about the the partisans going back and forth on it on social media, which they will. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about how the Amer- America looks at it. You can tell by how it became immediately part of pop culture by the memes on social media. Yeah. Over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> the one that, <laughs> the one on Twitter that uh, that I posted, Eric Happy Valentine's Day, Fang Fang. Yeah. You know, that, and by the way, that's Eric Swalwell. I yes. think a few people got confused on that. Yeah, that would be the message to Eric oh, Swalwell. Oh, because I posted it. Oh. Yeah, and you tagged me in it. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, but it wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured everybody would understand it was if Eric If you're Swalwell. following along. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to get, I didn't mean to get you in trouble. Oh, no. Okay. No, no are you, nothing are, got me in trouble. Are you okay, are you okay with it? Were you okay with it? I mean, it was it something get over it? Yeah, it was moderately funny. Okay, okay. Just want to make sure. Oh, you mean what people no, responded? No, because we're men and we're very sensitive. I'm back to that again. Oh, well, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't being. I actually wasn't being serious. <laughs> mm, yeah, um, you know the the whole idea, honestly, because it. it if you looked at all the humor around, you know, what did people were doing on social media with this balloon thing, it was the humor based on very serious points. Yeah. Yeah. Swalwell dating a Chinese spy. Yeah. Hunter Biden being compromised by the Chinese. Yes. Clearly, I, well, compromised. He's not in the White House, but his dad is. And, his po- and, and the possibility of his father being compromised by the Chinese, the question about that, and all the other questions that still remain. And, you know, it is a slap in the face every time this per- this president literally turns his back on the American people when asked a question. Repeatedly. He did this with Afghanistan, the botched exit of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. He's done that with, you know, he's scoffing at the whole inflation thing and then lies about it. He inherited inflation. No, you didn't. 
and then you know the the whole Chinese spy balloon. He the reason the here's the reason you can't win it. Americans don't accept whatever the technology is. Americans don't sit there and say, well, maybe they didn't get all the technology, and you know, or maybe they didn't they didn't get all the uh, the uh, intelligence that they were uh, uh, looking for or whatever. But you're not going to win it with the average American who says we spend all this money on defense, and you're telling me we couldn't have shot this thing down. Once you know the story. Uh, when it was over uninhabited parts of Alaska or still over water in Alaska. Right. When it got north of the Aleutian Islands, when the president claimed that he wanted to shoot it down, but we don't know, have any explanation why he didn't when it was still over water. But still, you can shoot it down over uh, Alaska. You can shoot it down over Montana. You weren't going to harm anybody. Right. Nobody was going to be harmed over it. And you have, but it should have never got over Alaska. That's the thing. It should have never got through Alaska to begin with. And most Americans will tell you, no, with everything that we spend, with the money that we spend on defense and the systems that we have to detect, you know, the early warning systems, mm-hmm. having NORAD, the fact that they detected it and we did nothing, that's not good. No. And then because the next question is, well, if they send more over, we're going to do the same thing? Well, if, well if, they get, if they get more over the continental United States, we're just going to say that's fine. And what about the fact that you could have one of the, you know, the pulse bombs in there that could sh- that could shut off the grid? That was why do you think they were panicking? Why do you think pan- Pentagon officials were panicking when when it was over uh, when it was over the uh, uh, the uh, the intercontinental ballistic uh, intercontinental ballistic missile site in Montana? Right. Somebody's going, well, what if is what if it's not what we think? What if it is? an electronic, you know, pulse bomb, whatever they call those. Mm-hmm. And it puts out something that could knock down, you know, what we have at the ICBM sites. You always have to look at things like that, and they bring it across in its simplest form, in a balloon. That's why the Wall Street Journal brought that up. That's why it's serious, and you don't give anybody any, <laughs> quote, trial balloons on these, uh, no trial balloon runs to see what America will do. Well, now we know America will do nothing. And why won't America do anything? Because Biden wants good relations with China. Why does Biden want good relations with China, even to the point of allowing a Chinese spy to create this political nightmare from him, for him? Hmm. Could have anything to do with the tens of millions of dollars that his family has enriched itself from the Chinese? You know, it's... It's, I mean, it's horrible when you put it all together. It's And every time there is a question or a, a ton of questions, <laughs> when uh, Pinkerton wrote only 10 questions, I thought, oh, do you have any more? <laughs> there, you know, because I'm sure after he wrote it, it's like, oh, I just thought of 10 more. Th- these are the problems um, that arise when, you, when you're not going to be honest about the situation but how do you how can you actually be honest about situations when you botch everything and when you turn your back and you turn I mean, your I, back I, every i you know as well as i do because you check the audio cuts all the time mm. how many audio cuts are there that we go to or just videos on youtube where it's like here's the president turning his back and walking yep, away. Right. Every single day you see that two or three times. Right. President won't take questions on this. President took one question and you know it like the inflation and we'll play that coming up in a little bit. 
He took the inflation question and lied about it. No, he lies about it, then turns around and walks away. Then he'll say, I take questions. Yeah, but you lie and won't take the follow-up. Right. Claiming that inflation was bad when he took office. It was out of control, which is not the case at all. He was I lying would have about that shouted that back, back at him. That's a lie. It's not yep. true. Inflation was much lower when you took office. Now, are you going to take the blame for inflation now? Yeah. And and so, but we'll, we'll get to that here in just a moment. But on on this uh, on the uh, the balloon drone mm. spy drone, mm-hmm. you can't win it. And you know they thought by bringing Trump in, you know, somebody inside his administration. Well, let's bring in Trump. When they all came out and said this did not happen, and then then we find out, oh well, they just didn't know that it happened. Uh-huh. Huh? Right. I mean, you're telling me NORAD picked up this balloon in real time, but they didn't pick up all the other balloons in real time? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't right. buy it. I right. don't buy it. And then you wonder, you know, call it whatever you want, uh, in, in intelligence agencies' betrayal of the Trump administration or not cooperating with the Trump administration or outright lying about the Trump administration – and one wonders, the next thing, you, first thing I think of is, hmm, did they keep it from the Trump people? Right. Well, you have to, again, I mean, you have to ask that question. Did some, are, are you saying, do you want people to believe, <laughs> I have to be careful how you phrase questions with this administration, it's just stupid. You want people to believe that either you just learned something about what they knew, what they didn't know then, or they never knew it at all, or some people knew it and didn't tell the president. Right. Are you, because you're throwing, essentially, NORAD, the Pentagon, and and all of them under the bus in, in their existence during the Trump years, along with the Trump administration, it, it, it all of that falls on all of those individuals. They didn't have the ability to do that. They were inept. This is what happens when you don't explain yourself. This is what happens when you don't answer questions. And then every single time, and then this happens, and Americans Americans know about it because it hit pop culture, the big yep. balloon. You know, yep. I mean, I. And 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 so it was all over the place. Yeah. Everybody was. It went viral, as we said Friday oh. morning. This is going viral. They're yeah. not going to be able to control it. And of course, you know, uh, we got into the weekend, and they weren't able to control it. Well, the, the thing, you know, that if what do you mean? It's over Montana. The government is going to shoot it down. Well, we'll take care of it. And it was the cast of Yellowstone. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody's got to do. You know, what? Why are we allowing this to happen? Why do we spend this kind of? And it's a it's a legit question. Are you telling me we spend this much and and we didn't know at first what you know when you discovered it? Well, now we know you did discover it, but now you're telling me just in the last few years this has happened many times and we didn't discover it until after it happened, months after it happened. NORAD, with all the money that we put into early detection of what's coming at our coast, that we didn't spot three of these things. During the Trump administration and then claiming one during the Biden administration also that we didn't see these. Oh, it was only a short. Uh, it was only shortly. It was only over American, uh, you know, 
airspace for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. I don't care whether it was within 200 miles of airspace. You Mm -hmm. should have found it. Yep. And it wasn't airspace. It was actually over, they say, over the continental United States. Right. Before. Right. If you're telling me NORAD didn't pick it up, I'm calling you a liar. Yeah, I don't believe that for a minute. I don't buy it. Don't buy it. And that they only put it together. We pieced it together later on. I don't buy it. And if it's the case, we need to fire a ton of people. Yeah. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing and wheel alignment are different services, but both contribute to a smoother ride and should accompany tire replacements or repairs. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, providing improved vehicle handling, increased fuel economy, and the overall lifespan of your tires. Balancing your tires also helps keep vehicle hardware like cab rivets tight and can help with the resale value of your vehicle. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. The uh, Red Eye. So I'm assuming you won't hear anything about the uh, the the balloon at the State of the Union address. I was reading from the Hill.com the five things, and you won't hear him saying <laughs> the balloon is one of them. Hunter Biden is another one. But the economy he's going to boast about and talk about how great it is and it's really interesting because let's play. I'm going to play this uh, audio cut here. A couple of audio cuts. This first one from the latest CBS polls. So we go to CBS on this one. Six in ten Americans believe the economy's condition is bad. Pessimism that has been in place over the last year. Among all America's challenges, our poll says the top priority: lowering inflation. Three in four people said they worry about it the most. I think you never fully stop holding your breath when you see prices going up. Over the ne- Okay, that, just to give you an example, that's CBS talking about uh, 6 and 10. Then uh, you get to the uh, latest one from, uh, this would be from ABC. Okay, ABC talking about it. Also yesterday, here we go. And our new poll this morning with the Washington Post shows significant warning signs for Democrats. More than half of the country disapproves of Biden's job performance, weighed down by significant discontent over the economy. Forty percent say they are worse off financially than they were two years ago. The most negative response to that question in nearly 40 years of our... There you go, 40 years. Now, the president, what does the president have to say uh, when he's asked some questions, for example, about inflation uh, over the weekend? Here we go. Do you take any blame for inflation, Mr. President? Do I take any blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. And then he turns, that's him turning around, walking away. Right. One question, I'll lie about it, then I'll walk away. Right. And that's what you're dealing with right now. So 
Uh, I think it was uh, was it David Axelrod who said the president should not boast about the economy at the State of the Union address. <laughs> and we said, no, he's going to do it. Yeah, and because the job course. numbers ca- came out and mm-hmm. a lot of analyzing these job numbers, I still haven't seen the number of part-time jobs in there. But a lot of people looking and going, that doesn't mean it's great economic news because we have had so many job openings. And uh, again, the when we, last time we had like 419,000 jobs created, we lost full-time jobs in that month. It was right. part-time jobs. Right. It was people picking up second jobs because of inflation. But are we actually having economic growth? And is inflation affecting people? Obviously, yes. And if the president goes out there and says, no, everything is great, nobody's going to buy them. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Five hours a night and still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, redeyeradioshow.com. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So uh, everybody was a little bit befuddled by the uh, uh, job numbers, which was what, 571,000? Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, increase when the expected 187. And there's a lot of discussion of where we're going as an economy right now. And is, you know, what happened during uh, COVID and the shutdowns and everything else, but not even that and, and the inflation and everything that, that went on at, at that particular time as to where we are now. And one term that you're hearing more now than ever is the baby bust. And you and yeah. I were having a discussion uh, on this about the concern that we may, that unemployment may never again in our lifetime be an economic indicator as to how the economy is going. Right. And that's because we don't have, you know, because the we have had, you know, the baby boom that existed, we had such an ample supply of labor. Yeah. But right. now as the as uh the baby boomers 
that I'm a part of are, are at retirement years now. Uh, there isn't the workers to replace them. Yep. Uh, and, yeah. And these are the things that other countries have uh, experienced and are experiencing right now, uh, at, obviously on a different scale. Korea is one of those nations uh, where you still have a stagnant economy, but incredibly low unemployment. A uh, piece written in the Washington Examiner uh, over the weekend showed that that basically is where we uh, appear to be right now. Now, are we going to be in a stagnant economy to the, the uh, uh, if you were to measure it out to scale, to the extent that Korea is, and I would I would question that, but definitely looking at the the grand scale of it, and that is boomers retiring. We're not creating more humans here. The baby bust that's going on right now, and the fact that there are more and more jobs that are going unfilled. You could fill a number of those jobs and still not keep up with what's required to expand an economy. So you could see record levels of unemployment. Uh, Washington Examiner, the piece there, uh, they were making the case that that could be the case for the rest of our lives, actually. We could see very, very, very low unemployment. Uh, but that may not be the measuring uh, 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 or the litmus test that it used to be for the economy. And the reason is, is because something we saw several years ago here in our neck of the woods, and that was in man, housing was just on fire. But you had construction companies, home builders saying, we're not doing near what we could be doing if we could fill the jobs. All right, extrapolate that out. If companies, whether it's retail or manufacturing or whatever it is, aren't able to produce because they simply don't have enough humans, then that's where you get to a stagnant economy. One indication is, uh, you know, a story came out the other day about pharmacy retail. And they're having to shorten their hours because their pharmacy staffs are overworked. They don't have the manpower. We've seen that in the service industry since coming back from COVID. That is definitely the case. But we just don't have, whether it's because people don't want to do those jobs or just sheer numbers, depending on the industry or or sector you're talking about, there aren't enough people to fill those roles for those companies to be as profitable as they should be. Here's one that I found interesting. They said the way that the uh, that uh, the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, how they publish their monthly report, mm-hmm. this was from Fox Business, to produce reports that are comparable from one month to the next, seasonal adjustments are made to the data to account for predictable seasonal variations in employment levels, like millions of people being hired for the holidays and then let go in January. Right. Without these seasonal adjustments, payrolls would have shown a decrease of 2.5 million in January, mm-hmm. but a loss of 3 million jobs is seasonally expected. 
but because the data from the last three years, which are used to calculate these seasonal seasonal adjustments, this normal procedure may very well be decreasing the reliability of the monthly job statistics. Right. The labor market has never experienced a kind of disruption that began in early 2020 using those data points as part of the current statistical revisions could be having undesired effects on the monthly changes in total employment, which is why, and you and I have always said this, just give us the raw numbers. Well, and that's if, it. If, it's, that's if, it. If, if, if once you know it's expected that you're going to have that loss, stop waiting. Right. Stop waiting anything. Well, we're going to start. We're going to use the average of these. Pet. No, just give us the dang numbers. And the BLS, the rate of uh, response on their surveys, because it's done through surveys, uh, the rate of response has dropped dramatically. So if you look at that, both with this <laughs> new normal, uh, new, uh, very not normal uh, since 2020 of trying to measure this along with the fact that they're not getting the response on the surveys, then how well is it or how accurate is it? How 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 much can you depend on it as an economic indicator is the question. Yeah, you and I have always been against, though, it's like in government. Well, we don't we don't it, it, it will show too much of a monthly. I don't care. Right. It'll show too much it'll, because if we don't do it, it would show that we decreased jobs by two point five million in January. Was that what happened? Hmm. And if we know it's expected because you're going to have a loss from, you know, from uh, the, the, the part-time holiday jobs, well, that's okay. The markets will adjust. The market knows it already. Yeah, right. The market knows it. So what are you affecting? Why are you, why are you attempting to weight the numbers? Don't wait. Just give us, give us the raw data as to what it's going to be because then February will look that much better, right? Right. right. Just give us the raw numbers of people hired. Well, and, and that's one thing. It's, you know, and watching the Dow on Friday down 120 something, 127. Uh, when you watch those numbers, when you look at those numbers, it's not that the stock market is, is the end all be all. But when you heard the num when, when the unemployment report came out Friday, I mean, I really thought that, that at the White House, they were going to plan a parade. I really thought they would. I thought by the end of the day, we're going to hear about Biden having a parade for this. But you look at what's going on. What do investors think? They're looking at other indicators and saying, "Okay, yeah, but we're not manufacturing." We're, so, so here's the question: We get five hundred uh, and seventy something thousand jobs added. That's, by the way, it's not a not additional jobs. If one person goes to a different job each week in a in a like in a temp agency, that's counted as four jobs, one person. And we still don't know. I don't know the breakdown of it uh, in terms of how much of this was part time. It was significant. It did the rate of part time employment did go up, but I have to you know I have to get further into it uh, to break it down. So then what do you look at? Well, how much work is being done? How much is being produced? Well, that's what's lacking. So we're putting more. You want us to believe all these jobs are a good sign. I would say it's not a negative, but I would say this. What does it actually say about the economy 
it just may be one of those, again, givens that, well, yeah, of course, unemployment is going to be, and it could be one of these huge roller coaster events that you see where some months it's, you know, much lower and then other numbers higher, much higher than expected. As you mm-hmm. mentioned, the um, forecast on this, they missed by, gosh, almost 300,000 jobs. So when you look at that, or that would be 400,000 jobs. So when you look at that, then, okay, then what is missed? Well, all right, do the math. Step back. What does it mean? Well, when you're measured out, if we're not producing more with that many more jobs created in a month, and we get the Empire State manufacturing numbers that were that tanked in January, then you want us to believe that this is a positive for the economy. Well, when you pair it with everything else, what are we actually producing? And what does this mean if we have 570-some-odd thousand jobs in one month added, but we're not getting enough done? We don't have enough people to do the work that's required for an economy to grow. That's we we still we are ba- I, I guess we're back to 2019 employment numbers, but we're not back to where we should be, knowing normal economic growth. If you take the average exactly. normal economic growth right. over the last four years, we're or over the last three years, we're still below where we should be in employment. And you said there's that one uh, article that was written that that said that we may not get over. We may have peaked in the number of American jobs that we have 155 million just because we can't find the workers to fill the jobs. Right. And, uh, you know, you and I have said this for a long time. Trump said this way back when, and it's people forget about it when yep. he was doing the, arg- the, the arguing with Jim Acosta, where he said, look, I'm for legal immigration. We have to have legal immigration if we're going to keep the economy going. If we want, we want an economy at 3%, we have to mm-hmm. have a much more, uh, uh, much more active uh, legal immigration process in this country because we don't have people to fill the jobs. I don't think the average American understands what has happened to the labor market because you don't have post-World War II to the 1990s and even now tens of millions of women that were not in the workforce became available for the workforce and an unprecedented post-World War II baby boom that you're not going to see again. Right. It's not going to happen. You don't have, and to have those two things come together, really, when you think about it, uh, you know, post-World War II for the next 50, 60 years of that, that's what gave us the opportunity to have that job growth. If you don't have workers, you can't have job growth. But now the birth rate, you're not going to be able to add women there isn't yeah. a, sorry, there isn't another gender that can come in and fill that right. and, right. You, you know, and come into the workforce. And you're not going to have, uh, again, the, the, uh, the, uh, a baby boom again, in fact, it's a baby bust. And that's going to be a huge problem that has not been articulated by our leaders, the urgency of that and, you know, why we need to get a much better legal immigration system because we can't get the Democrats to just not wanting open borders. Well, and think about it during our uh, generation when we were young, you and I both have talked about it that we 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 thought similarly even back then we didn't know each other, 
but you wanted that job because you wanted your independence. You wanted to have control of your life. It is more socially acceptable than ever to keep living with your parents. Yeah, there was more stuff on that over the weekend. And and I think the COVID years sealed yeah. that deal completely. Nobody even questions that even in, anymore. And the point is, is that what motivates you to, to get out there and get a job or go get a second job? Well, if you don't believe, if more and more people don't care about that independence, they don't care about moving out, they're perfectly fine living with mom and dad. I mean, forget about college age. It's adults. I mean, it's yeah, it's, adult, yeah. it's it's across a number of yeah. uh, demographics age-wise. Yeah. So when you break that down, then, all right, are they motivated to go? What was it, like 25 to 30% of millennials are being supported by their parents? Right. Their parents are paying their bills. Or so, are, so are you motivated to go out and, and you know, and look for a second no. job? No. And and I've had one most of my adult life. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Learn personalized savings on commercial truck insurance with Smart Hall from Progressive. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Not available in all states or situations. If you drive a big rig, you know that more time on the road means more It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, we read that uh, portions of the article last week that David Axelrod, former uh, uh, Obama and advisor, and I think Clinton, too, uh, when he uh, when he came out and, and stated what Joe Biden shouldn't do and he shouldn't brag about the economy being great, I believe that's exactly what Biden is going to do, yeah. uh, is talk yeah. about how great it is. And we have seen that the public, uh, again, it's like, uh, a Buttigieg actually getting on TV and stating, well, the reason uh, is that uh, America, so many great things are happening to America right now that basically the public can't take it all in. <laughs> That's why the public doesn't recognize that yeah. the economy That's right. is doing great. Yeah. That just shows the the arrogance. delusional mindset and arrogance. Yeah. More arrogance than delusional mindset because yeah. they know the economy isn't doing good. They right. see where it's going. They know inflation is bad, but they're going to go with it anyway. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app. And if you find that you can't listen overnight to one of our great radio stations, you can listen when and where you want later on. All right. So Balloon Gate. Uh, let's hear. I want to go to uh, this is an audio cut yesterday from CNN State of the Union uh, with uh, Marco Rubio on 
taking questions from Jake Tapper. You have said that President Biden should have shot the balloon down earlier. The Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, said, quote, after careful analysis, U.S. military commanders had determined that downing the balloon while over land posed an undue risk to people across a wide area due to the size and altitude of the balloon and its surveillance payload. Uh, and as you heard, Secretary Buttigieg uh, just a few minutes ago said that the debris field uh, after the balloon was shot down was about seven miles long. Should President Biden have ordered that it be shot down anyway, regardless of that risk? No, not regardless of the risk. First of all, they, they can track these things. I would hope you can track a slow-moving balloon that clearly is headed here, uh, as you can see from its trajectory. I think that's one of the things we'll learn this week is how soon, how late into January did they already know that there was this high-altitude balloon and what its trajectory was and where it was headed and why didn't they take action at that time? That's number one. I think the other thing that we need to know about it and understand is why did it take so long for them to disclose this to the American public? I don't think the trajectory of where this balloon was going was a mystery. I think pretty early on they probably, because of the prevailing winds, because of the direction that it was headed, I think it was pretty clear that this thing was going to enter the northwest in Montana, in Idaho, move its way down the Midwest and exit the, the eastern seaboard just off the Carolinas. I mean, that's an unprecedented flight path. And, 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 I, and why did it wait till Wednesday to notify or Thursday to talk about it to the American people, knowing people were going to be seeing this thing? Uh, as uh, vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, do you know, um, has the U.S. recovered any parts of the Chinese spy balloon? Has the, and did the monitoring of the balloon during its journey, as far as you know, yield any worthwhile information for the U.S.? Well, we won't know that until we get into a secure setting this week in Washington, and uh, probably most of that is something we won't be able to disclose in any great detail, other than to say this, and that is that, you know, they're going to try to recover this. Apparently, it's in shallow waters. We'll see what they recover from it. But I don't think the technology or the existence of these things is a great mystery. I think what's embedded here is a clear message. It's not a coincidence that this happens leading up to the State of the Union address, leading up to Blinken's visit to China. The Chinese knew that this was going to be spotted. They knew that we were going to have to react to it. They flew it over military installations and sensitive sites across, right across the middle. I mean, look at the flight path of this thing. It's a diagonal shot right through the middle of the continental United States. And the message embedded in this to the world is we can fly a balloon over airspace of the United States of America, and they won't be able to do anything about it to stop us. They calculated this carefully with a message embedded in it. And I think that's the part we can't forget here. It's not just the balloon. It's the message they're trying to send the world that Amer we can do whatever we want and America can't stop us. What information do you think the spy balloon might have gleaned as it, as it traveled? Uh, I know it was over the, the fears that it was over some U.S. military installations. I'm also wondering if uh, infrastructure was probably part of the surveillance uh, task it had. Well, again, it would be speculation other than to tell you that those things usually at that altitude and what they're doing is probably trying to collect on signals, on electronic information that's transiting that they can pick up on. There are various other means that they can do that as well. And that's why I go back to the whole point of the message. There are probably other ways that China could acquire whatever they acquired using this balloon. I may be wrong. There may be some unique attributes to it that I'm, that I'm not aware of yet, but we'll learn more about this week. But I think more than anything else, beyond just the ability to collect information, it is the, the, the ability to send a, a clear message, and that is that we have the ability to do this, and America can't do anything about it. If they're not going to be able to stop a balloon from flying over U.S. airspace, how is America going to come to your aid if we invade Taiwan or take land from India or take islands from the Philippines and Japan? And, and I think the fact that they would do that, leading up to State of the Union, leading up to what was then Blinken's scheduled visit, none of that is a coincidence, and we need to understand clearly there was messaging behind this.
There you go. Yeah. And he sort of covered it all. I know Jake Tapper is trying to get into just pure speculation questions. And he kept saying, well, let's mm. get back to the message because we don't mm. know. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, I think one of the great questions is, you know, I was reading the political article earlier that said January 28th is is when they knew. Was it January 28th? Because hmm. they talked about January 28th when it was north of the Illusion Islands heading into. And if you see the track of this thing, if, if you see the track of this thing, you when you see the track, you're like, what the hell? Why didn't they shoot it down there? What What's going on here? Mm-hmm. They could have shut it down over. They could have shut it down. After it got across the Aleutian Islands, uh, the the one portion of it, and got into that open water before it hit the mainland of Alaska, they could have shot it down there if they were afraid of population centers, or they could have shot it down anywhere over some of these completely almost uninhabited areas of Alaska. Right, and and they didn't do it. I mean, it and the the strange thing is just to the the focus seems to be on well, they should, when it got to the continental United States. I could care less. It's over Alaska. You know, there's some highly sensitive places in Alaska, too, when it comes to our national defense, because mm-hmm. Russia is right across, mm-hmm. right across the water. Yeah, you and, can see Russia from your front yard. Exactly yeah. right. So <laughs> That's what I've and, been told. And and so uh, it just it doesn't it. None of it makes any kind of sense. You shoot it down there. You hold a you hold a press conference. You know, you're maybe not even a press conference. You just make a statement. We shot down a sign, you know, a uh a Chinese uh, a spy uh, uh, balloon drone, uh, drone. Excuse me, mm-hmm. balloon drone. Yes, uh, over uh, Alaska. But as Marco Rubio was saying, once it got over Alaska and started coming down over Canada, there was only one place it was going to go, and they had days to know that. And then they were shocked. And then the political article saying that Pentagon officials started panicking. When it was over one of our ICBM sites, intercontinental ballistic missiles, the silos there. It's like, how the hell did you let it get to that point? It just, well, and we did find the article where Global News out of Canada, mm-hmm. they they fully agree with the United States shooting it down. But they support it, shooting it down, yeah, right. and and they thank the U.S. for the collaboration. Yes. You know, uh, including uh, communications with Trudeau. Uh, but the facts of the matter is, is that we didn't learn about this until a newspaper published something and then the administration seemingly had to scramble. Would we have been told if not for the Billings Gazette? Would have been shot down if the public didn't find out. Right. I suspect it wouldn't have been shot down. I, because I agree. honestly... It, it, everything on Saturday felt like political pressure basically uh, forced them to, to shoot it down. They weren't going to shoot it down until it was over open waters and blah, blah, blah. Well, the reason they wouldn't have shot it down is from what Bloomberg reports, again, not a conservative publication, but a liberal publication. They didn't want to tell the American public because the American public, of course, would be alarmed as Blinken is getting ready to go over to uh, to China. Mm hmm for negotiations, the Secretary of State. So if you follow that logic from Bloomberg and what they report from the administration that has not been denied, by the way, well, then the last thing they're going to do is shoot it down once it leaves American airspace because they're not going to shoot it down because they want to be on good terms with the Chinese. Right. They only shot it down because the public found out. Exactly. And look, 
uh, I don't know what happens with, uh, you know, negotiations with China. And frankly, I don't care. At this point, I guess that's not my priority. No. And the American people don't care about it either. Because anything, anything is smoke and mirrors anyway. Well, I mean, what are you going to get done with China? Tell me what they're going to accomplish. If we're not going to go for intellectual property, if we're not going to go after them for that, then tell me what you're going to do when it comes to China and, and trade or China and, and any other negotiation, by the way. And then when it comes to, again, the elephant in the living room, and we mentioned this on uh, Thursday night, Friday morning show, said it's going to be brought up, and this is the fact of, hmm, so you didn't shoot it down. Uh, why not? You want to be on good relations with China. Why? Anything to do with the $54.6 million that went to the Penn Biden Center from Chinese sources, many of them anonymous sources? You have to or ask the 30, that question. Or the $31 million that went to the Biden family was pointed out by Jim Pinkerton in, in Breitbart right. from, from different companies related to the Chinese Communist Party. And so this is the thing. It doesn't all of a sudden when you start when that kind of money starts coming in to enrich your family and the things that you wish to get money for. Well, then the next question is, does that taint your philosophy when it comes to China? Right. And that's going to be out there. And now is with, he with, compromised? Yep. Because that would be. A, a compromised position if if there was any hesitancy or second thought based on his relationship or his son's relationship with China. And people put this together. This is the same thing as when I, you know, when they brought up the whole, well, Trump, these balloons flew over during Trump. It was like, well, Trump didn't know about it though. Nobody, nobody in that administration apparently knew about it only afterwards. I don't buy that because uh, NORAD would know. Yeah, I don't buy that. Something stinks in that story. Yep. If NORAD can do real-time uh, <laughs> tracking uh, of the balloon last week, they could do real-time tracking five years ago mm-hmm. or whenever this happened during the Trump administration to say that only intelligence was able to piece it together months or years after because we don't have a timeline right, yet, right. I don't buy. I don't you buy cannot that. tell me that NORAD did not pick up on every one of those balloons when it got within a couple of hundred miles of the U.S. coast, if not even further out. Yeah, I don't buy that for I a second. Just don't buy it. Don't buy it. Something stinks in that story big time. Yep. No, and, it sounds like the, you know, the finger pointing. They wanted to, they basically are trying to take the heat off. The, it, it, it also, as you mentioned earlier, indicates that they know how serious this is. If they're pointing yeah. the finger yeah. at yep. Trump, saying, yeah. you know, well, this happened several times during the Trump administration, then, of course, they're recognizing right then, officially, this is not good. And that's only because it's not good. Someone wrote to me, I don't know if it was email or uh, tweet, I don't know, that mm-hmm. <laughs> all the Republicans should carry balloons into the State of the Union. And I, <laughs> and, and I added one further. And then at the end, 
everybody pop them with the pin on no. the balloons at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to not happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. But, yeah, uh, I don't know if they would be allowed in with balloons. We want to celebrate? Probably not. But now, as you know, the whole thing, as I was reading, it says, well, now they got to rewrite the entire whatever they were going to talk about in the State of the Union with China, because probably talk about Blinken going there and and cooperating and all this stuff, because that all has to be rewritten or, or, just, or taken out or just taken out completely. Yeah, it's at, at this point. If if I'm walking in the door just now to be an advisor from this point on, I'd say take it out. You've already yeah. botched it. You can't. You can't repair this. Don't mention China. 866-90-RED-EYE. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has just announced proposed new nutrition standards for school meals. And if history is any guide, they will cause quite a stir. And Vilsack told reporters he expects there will be likely a lot of praise for the rules. Also, some major pushback on them. Well, it's like Goldilocks. Some people are going to say it's too hot. Some people are going to say it's too cold. And the challenge is to make sure that we're complying with dietary guidelines and the science and at the same time trying to be helpful on the real world implications of all this. But at the end of the day, it's about 15.3 million kids eating school breakfast that needs to be nutritious and 29.6 million children who have to have a, a decent lunch. Vilsack said there may not be as much opposition to the proposed rules this time because they are being phased in gradually over about five or six years. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Senex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio, he's Eric Crowley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE, reading from the Wall Street Journal. They bring up some great points because, you know, you hear, I was watching on some of the Sunday morning news shows, well, it's just a balloon, and the technology, you know, it's there's not much they can do, and we could jam it. and So the balloon's no big deal, so he did the right thing. They write, another question is when the administration first spotted the balloon crossing into U.S. airspace. Sensors should be able to detect an air intruder, even one flying quietly at 60,000 feet. And if they fail to do so, the public should know about this hole in our defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that NORAD did, uh, they say, north of the Illusion Islands, which does scare me because they should have known before it got over the Illusion uh, 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 Islands. But I don't know if, if that's fully accurate or not. I believe they knew of this balloon and spotted the balloon way before it got to the Aleutian Islands. But an undetected balloon would be able to deliver a nuclear explosive that could detonate above the ground and cripple the U.S. electrical grid with an electromagnetic pulse. That's all too real of a scenario if there is a major U.S. conflict with China or, for that matter, with any major adversary. The administration's whispers to the press that Chinese balloons also crossed in the U.S. space in the Trump years may be true, but it's hardly reassuring. Another question for the White House. 
include whether uh, and when it raised the balloon issue with Beijing and how the Chinese responded to them. Did they lie to the United States officials the way their foreign ministry lied to the world on Friday in calling the balloon merely a civilian airship doing uh, mainly weather data collection? Media reports say the White House kept its knowledge of the balloon under wraps until it was spotted by civilians on the ground, which made disclosure unavoidable. Mm. And that's why, look, this is the left's going to try to, you know, push this thing down a little bit. But when you have somebody like Leon Panetta, who, you know, during the Obama years, yeah, you know, you're talking about somebody with, you know, CIA, mm-hmm. you know, this this is a guy who knows stuff. Right. And um, <laughs> sounds, sounds uh, like I'm quoting when he was in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, uh, he said, no, they should have taken it out. Yeah, I they mean. They should have shot it down. Look. He knows. Because the question would be, uh, and you brought up the question, what if there were multiple balloons, right? What if there were 10, 20? Right. What, if, uh, what if they sent a plane? Would you shoot it down? Overpopulated areas, would you shoot it down? Well, if you if they decide to send over 10 balloons today. Right. And the president shoots them down. Well, then he should have shot it down the first time. Right. Well, they were taunting us. I don't care about the taunting. Uh, I, I, I care about the real world and sending a message to China yeah, yeah. that we're not going to allow you to get away with anything. Right. To this kind of level. Well, and and that's what it comes down to is that the they I suspect that they botched this. They thought we'll let them get away with it, and then all of a sudden the media, local media, gets hold of it in Montana, and the word is out. Okay, now you got to say something. That is here's the mo for Joe Biden. That's how things go. Here's here's another question. All right, so you say it happened before, once during the Biden administration and then three times during the Trump administration, but the Trump administration didn't know that it happened. Uh-huh. But if you figured out later on that it happened, and I don't necessarily buy that story, I'm just right. going along yeah, with right. their narrative with the question, but with their narrative, well, then did you tell the Chinese, don't ever allow this, you, this ever happens again, and we blow it out of the sky? Hmm. Did you give them a warning? Right. Yeah, what message are you yep. sending to them? What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause...
Call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm just reading this uh, Wall Street Journal editorial. This would have been from Friday. All right. Okay, and uh, just... Um, just so the balloon heads over the Aleutian, strays over Canada, but China acknowledges a balloon only after the U.S. announces it has been discovered over Montana. This isn't believable, and the patently dis- patent dishonesty, dishonesty, excuse me, will add to the U.S. public's growing mistrust of China. What other Chinese surveillance exercises haven't we been told about? Hmm. The Pentagon says there have been other instances of this activity over the past several years, including the previous administration, but that this balloon loitered longer. China also uses satellites to spy on the U.S., and the Pentagon insists the balloon poses little intelligence risk. But the U.S. government said they took unspecified steps to shield sensitive assets. And Senator Tom Cotton notes the balloon may be an intelligence bonanza. Beijing may also be testing what it can get away with, as it often does. Someone thought the intrusion was worth the effort and risk of discovery. Did war hawks in Beijing want to blow up Mr. Blinken's visit? It's also possible the balloon has some surveillance or probing benefit that has not yet been disclosed. The trial balloon ought to pop U.S. illusions that China's behavior is irrelevant to Americans at home or that Beijing is merely contesting far-flung Pacific islands in a supposed sphere of influence. Beijing's ambitions are global and U.S. homeland is vulnerable. Any conflict with China could feature cyber attacks on the U.S. electric grid, electromagnetic attacks, hypersonic vehicles, and soon perhaps weapons run by artificial intelligence. Vladimir Putin mentioned this vulnerability this week, rattling that a modern war with Russia will be very different for the West than the tank and artillery fight in Ukraine. Most Americans are not aware of these dangers, and our political leaders aren't telling them. The U.S. doesn't want war with China, and it would be best for the countries uh, to uh, to develop uh, a plan to avoid it. But that won't happen if China behaves with impunity. Lying about claims on the South, excuse me, South China Sea, trashing its treaties with Hong Kong, cyber theft, unsafe aerial intercepts of foreign airplanes, using trade to bully countries over Taiwan. All of this is contributing to bipartisan suspicion against China in the United States. The balloon will surely be fodder for the House's new bipartisan select committee on competition with uh, China. Postponing Mr. Blinken's trip was an important but easy step. Now the Biden administration will have to demonstrate to the Chinese president that he cannot violate U.S. sovereign territory without consequences. Mm. I don't know. I can't say that with Biden, that that's what his goal is. Yeah, this no, administration's I, goal is. I, I have no idea. And that's the problem. On any any geopolitical item, I can't trust a word coming out of the White yeah. House. And like I said, this whole story and uh, that and we got to get to the bottom of 
the entire story because of what they're claiming. Because they claim, you know, that they spotted it on January 28th. I don't believe it. I think they spotted it earlier. Uh, yeah, I think Nora right. had spotted it earlier. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the narrative we're being fed that, oh, it happened three times during the Trump administration, uh-huh. but it wasn't over Texas long or Florida long, but it actually entered over land mm. and NORAD didn't spot it. I don't buy that. I don't, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. And then they didn't tell the Trump administration or they they didn't know about it until they were able to piece it together months, possibly years after the tr- Trump was out of office. I don't buy yeah, it. No, I don't buy I just I don't buy no. any of it. We have the capability to spot it. Why didn't we? Or did these or did it even happen? Who knows? I don't know who's yeah, lying right. anymore. They're right. Because we know our intelligence agencies will lie to us. Former people of uh, uh, in the intelligence agencies will lie to us. Mm-hmm. The president will lie to us about a 20-year war and what the generals told him we should do, which was the opposite of what he did. Yeah, I and, mean, and so there, I mean, you don't know who to. I don't trust China. I don't trust Biden. I don't trust our intelligence agencies anymore. This is what happens when they become political. The intelligence agencies, as they did during Trump, right. And I've and I don't know. Again, the question is, and it's a valid question. What else is going on that that you're not telling the American people about? Because you and I both we believe if civilians hadn't spotted it, nobody they would have never come forward with it, and they right. would have never blown it up. Right? Why? The last thing they're going to do. If the American public hasn't discovered it, if they're trying to be friendly with China, if they didn't blow it up before it got here, they're not going to blow it up when it leaves. Right. They only did that because the public found out. Right. Well, because part of the tracking set at times it was as high as 120,000 feet. Did the Biden administration think if it's 120,000 feet? you likely won't have anybody on the ground seeing anything. That probably won't be a big mm-hmm. deal. And we can get away with saying nothing. Oh, wait. It's only at 60,000 feet, feet now. Did you see the one guy who's spotting it with his, I don't know if it's his phone camera or whatever, mm-hmm. spotting it? Yeah. And, and he's like, wow, there it is. There it is. Well, I mean, there's looks like there's some jets over there. I wonder if they're going to shoot. <laughs> he yeah. starts and they shot it up. Yeah. It was like that, that right. guy was that guy was great. Yeah. But you ready for this one? Here we okay. go. Okay. All right. This headline. Mm. People remember the Lincoln Project. These were Republicans that were truly Republicans. They were just against Trump. Remember they tried to sell you that yeah, one? Yeah, right. The Lincoln Project mocked for posting Biden victory lap about China spy balloon. It's down just like inflation. Mm. <laughs> twitter users mocked the lincoln project congratulating president biden for shooting down the chinese spy balloon and lowering inflation in what many saw as a tone death tweet on saturday although this balloon was spotted in montana on wednesday the u.s waited till saturday now again the balloon was actually spotted Mm -hmm. at least on january 28th 
before it actually got over the mainland of, uh, of uh, Alaska. But the U.S. waited until Saturday when the balloon had passed over the Atlantic Ocean to shoot it down. Now many political figures criticize this hesitation. But the anti-Trump organization celebrated the move and bragged about the president's accomplishments on Twitter. Quote, balloon down, just like inflation. Joe did that. <laughs> the Lincoln Project tweeted along with the video of Biden saying, we're going to take care of it, spl- spliced with the report, stating it appears that the China spy balloon has now been shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. Twitter users blasted the tweet for ignoring past record level high uh, high level uh, high levels of inflation, as well as the undermining the threat of the Chinese Communist Party. So there you go. And they just, but it's just amazing. Hmm. So any doubts that the Lincoln Project were ever Republican, yeah. you can throw it because Trump's yeah, not in office not, now. Yeah. Yay, Biden. Yay. Look at all he's doing. Right. Give me a break. Seriously. That's but, embarrassing, by the way. Well, I was going to say that because <laughs> you, you, you think about that to make that as your victory point. <laughs> right. That's what you go with. This is victory, victory. Yay. He didn't shoot it down. It went over some of our most sensitive sites, uh-huh. military sites. He only shot it down after it left. Uh-huh. If the public hadn't found out, they wouldn't have told the American public and they would have never shot it down. As to the inflation, I don't know if the if the so-called Republicans in the Lincoln Project mm-hmm. believe that the person who the the excuse me the party and the person because he signed the bill who was warned not to sign uh, the spending bills that would increase inflation if they believe that the person who caused it should be credited when the rate of inflation not the actual inflation but the rate of inflation goes mm. down but inflation continues to go up, it shows you how delusional the Lincoln Project is and how disingenuous and, you know, they were when they claimed they were Republicans and they just hated Trump. Yeah. Yeah, it's a joke. And we said that a long time ago with the Lincoln Project. They were not Republicans. No. Nope. And then we asked the question, why does the Lincoln Project have to lie? Because eventually they were get caught, and like I said, that just you look at that and you go, oh, okay, more evidence that they lied to us the entire time. They really weren't, you know, conservative Republicans worried about Trump. They were liberals. Yeah. Have they given uh, Liz Cheney a job yet? <laughs> Has she applied? It's a good question. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. She's going to run. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see the response today from yeah. uh, members of the uh, former members of the Trump administration. Yeah, it will. About this entire thing, because I'd like to see, for example, Grinnell interviewed or Radcliffe, both, you know, uh, uh, directors of national intelligence. Yep. You go, Excuse me. I'm director of national intelligence. We didn't hear anything about this. Well, and well, they said that you couldn't spot. I, I can't wait to see. You're going to see that today, the experts. No, if NORAD spotted it now, because that's the thing I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Bring me the experts who say, good God, we knew this was all happening. Right. They knew it. They knew it was 500 miles out. Mm-hmm. 
And the same thing, if it happened during the Trump administration, NORAD knew it. Right. You need to get to the bottom of this because somebody's lying big time. Yep. Well, just another day at the Biden White House. Yeah, just another day, but still. (sighs) And and it makes you wonder. I'm I'm really curious now about the uh, the address tomorrow night. Do you bring up China? I think he does. He's that arrogant. I think. By the way, I think he does. And here's the question: Does he brag about shooting it down? Yes, that's what he'll do. That's because that's a Biden move right there. Yeah. That's 100 percent Joe Biden. Jobs, look at jobs going through the roof. Inflation is down. No, it's not. And I sh- and I shot down the Chinese balloon. After it traveled the entire U.S. And now we're not going to send Secretary Blinken. I think he has to act tough tomorrow. I think, he no, ha- I, I think, he, I, I think there's, I, I think it's, I don't think they'll be able to control him and I think he's going to insist on it, but also I think they think it's the only political move here. It is. Yeah. Because they blew it. Either leave it out completely or go full on and take credit for shooting it down, which is weak in my opinion, but well, they're anti Teddy Roosevelt. Yep. In this case, it's, uh, uh, carry a small stick and talk loudly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> eight six six ninety red eye lines open for your calls eight six six ninety red eye on red eye radio Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside. Wait a truck on a cat scale. Oh, before we get back on the road, let's stop at this cat scale and wait. Definitely. Hey, Trent on Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. you see where Christy and Trump were going back and forth? Uh, Trump called him sloppy. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, he responded by, and, and talked about he only got 9% of the primary vote. And uh, Christy slammed back, he's the only man to lose to Biden outside of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, that's just, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, uh, that's, it's going to get, it's if, and who knows if Christie's going to run, but, uh, I think it, I think it starts. I think you're going to see the back and forth going on, uh, you know, here over the next year and it's going to yeah. get, it's going to get, let's put it this way. You think anybody will attempt to challenge Biden? The warning has sort of gone out. I, he's the guy. Yeah. I I don't see it. There might, I mean, there might be one or two, but yeah. it's not going to be any successful attempt. It's not going to be a Newsom. You know, I think Newsom wants to set it up. I think actually a lot of uh, big names in the Democratic Party might want to say, okay, look, 
We may lose the Senate in 24. We don't want to lose the Senate and the White House. We'll wait until 28. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.